Hey, podcast listeners. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Zen Founder Podcast. Today, I'm talking about the psychology of overworking. I've been thinking a lot about this, dealing with a little bit of it in my own world. Some of my overworking is driven by ambition, which I'm sure a lot of you can relate to. Not even ambition for money, just ambition to do the kinds of things I want to do. Uh, Rob and I are working on a new book this year. I am in the process of planning a big circus show. So if you are in Minneapolis or near Minneapolis in May, on May 4th, I am putting together a beautiful show at the Luminary Arts Center and we're bringing in some guest artists, and it's just a whole thing. Uh, but it does contribute to this underlying conversation about overworking. So today I'm going to explore psychological drivers of overworking, which include inferiority or imposter syndrome, a sense of scarcity, a practice of avoidance, and perhaps a distorted understanding of what brings meaning and happiness. So I hope this episode serves you well. Feel free to reach out to me. Let me know what you'd love to hear more about, or if there are things in this episode you want to ask questions about. You can find contact information on zenfounder.com, and uh, I am grateful to be in your ear. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means, sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs. And I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. Hi, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist for entrepreneurs and high performers. And today I want to talk to you about the psychology of overworking. What drives us to do too much? So first let's talk about what overworking is. I know a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of high performers who just live a full life. I would put myself in this category. There's a lot of things that we love. There's a lot of things we want to do. There's a lot of things that we get after and we pour ourselves into the activities that make up our lives. So pretty full lives. What's the line between having a full, rich, amazing life and overworking or pushing too hard? For me as a psychologist, the line between overworking and living a full life is fairly nuanced and it can be a pretty thin margin in shifting over into a place that is unhealthy versus living in a place of a lot of energy and abundance. So a couple of cues to help you know that you might be overworking. One is what's your emotion state? You know, are you ending the days just feeling like you have climbed a mountain or run a marathon where you're just like absolutely exhausted? So if every day you're pushing yourself to a level of exhaustion, that's probably a problem. Also pay attention to how you're feeling when you wake up. If you wake up feeling energized and maybe anticipating the joyful things that you have to do in a day, that's great. But if you wake up feeling like, how am I going to get through this? That's probably a sign that there's too much on your plate. You're really stretching into the place where it might not be totally feasible for you to be successful at all the things that you've signed yourself up to do. 
I think an important hint about whether or not we're overworking exists in our relationship with time. Do we feel like time is a constantly scarce resource, that we're always running out of time, always pushing time, always late, that there's just this sort of fraught and emotionally loaded relationship with time? That might be a sign that we've filled our lives so full that we're frantically trying to grasp enough time to, again, do all of the things that we've committed to. If we have a more spacious relationship with time, if we maybe have a a full list and a full life, but we just have a sense of like, okay, that's going to fit there, and then I'll have a break, and then I'll do this, this, and that, there's a sense that there's enough. There's enough of us. We have enough energy. There's enough time in the week. There's enough time in the year to do all of the things that feel really important. So that's a bit of the nuance. If it feels like angst and scarcity, that's overworking. That's the recipe for burnout. If it feels like, whoa, I'm really going, but I'm killing it and I like what I'm doing and I like how I'm spending my life, then, you know, that's a sign that you're living a full life and maybe not so much at risk for an implosion due to overworking. Of course, those states aren't static. We can easily tip into overcommitment, overworking, and then we rein it back in and we're in a place of healthy rhythms and then we do it again and maybe we overcommit. So understand that it's it's not a one-time assessment. You, you don't get to, at one single point in time, evaluate how much you're working and what's driving you and decide whether you're overworking or not. Like It's a shifting target and it changes regularly. Overworking is one of the core enemies of entrepreneur mental health. It's one of the things that I bump up against all the time in my conversations with people. We have a lot of information and good ideas, and if we're relatively self-aware, we know what we need. The challenge for many high-performing entrepreneur folk is that they don't allow themselves the time to take care of themselves properly. And so most of our burnout, most of our angst, some of our depression is really driven by not listening to what we know that we need because we over-prioritize the tasks of our work. We over-prioritize the commitments that we've made to other people at the expense of the commitments we probably should be making to ourselves. So when we overcommit and overwork, we run ourselves ragged and there's no mechanism by which we're really recharging and re-energizing. Over time, that exhausts our systems. It literally exhausts the neurons that live in our brain, causing burnout and other kinds of mental health problems. Or maybe we're trying to regulate our energy by using things like caffeine or maybe other stimulants to give us energy for the things that we need to do. And then we're using other substances, alcohol, marijuana, other things to downregulate so that we can sleep at night and rest. None of those things in isolation is a problem, but consistent use over time and a sense of dependence on these external chemicals to regulate our bodies appropriately, that's really problematic. That, in fact, is the definition of addiction. So what is going on with overworking? Why do we do this to ourselves? There are a number of things that drive our overworking tendencies. Our individual psychology is really unique, and it's a combination of all of the things that have happened to us throughout the course of our lives and our biology, our genetics, the things we came in with. So no two people are going to have the same sort of loading or rationale for overworking. But a few common themes that drive people to overwork 
are a sense of inferiority or insecurity, a sense of scarcity, good old-fashioned avoidance. And fourthly, I would say like a distorted or maybe not super well thought through understanding of what makes their life meaningful. So let's tackle the first one, a sense of inferiority, insecurity, imposter syndrome. This is the good old-fashioned set of messages that live in many of our brains that say, you aren't good enough, you're not actually supposed to be here, you got in on a fluke. When we have those thoughts, that package of thoughts living in our brains, we are constantly trying to outrun it, to prove ourselves. So this is the classic sense of, I have something to prove. Either I had a critical parent as a child that didn't think that I could be successful or was deeply disappointed in my lack of success in school, so then I spend the rest of my adulthood proving that I actually do have value and intelligence and can make them proud. These are the kind of stories that drive us at usually an unconscious level, but a sense of not being enough and needing to run, 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 go, 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 build, 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 hustle, 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 in order to prove that we are a person of substance or a person of value. Usually we're proving it to ourselves. Usually the other people in our lives are either really not open to changing their opinions of us or just not thinking that much about us. This is something that happens internally. It's an anxious drive that says, I have to work hard, I have to fill my days, I have to make every minute count if I'm going to accomplish the things that I want to make sure that I am the person that I want to be. This is a deeply psychological driver, often with roots in childhood. And we often can assess this in ourselves by noticing the extent to which we compare ourselves to other people, noticing the extent to which we are noticing who's noticing us, how we're representing ourselves on social media, how we're representing ourselves to our parents, to our partners, to our children. If we are working pretty hard to package our work or our progress in a way that people will see us in a positive light, it's it's a it's a little it's a yellow flag. It sort of tells us something about what our motivations are, and they may be coming from our sense of inferiority or imposter syndrome. Another driver of overworking is a sense of scarcity. And this can be scarcity with money, scarcity with time, but a sense that you just don't have enough of the resource that you need in order to get to where you wanna be. So if inferiority is about not being enough, scarcity is about not having enough. So people fill their lives, push, 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 in order to optimize every single moment, and in some ways, in order to outrun the sands of time. This sense of scarcity is maybe somewhat based in the actual numbers on the clock or the numbers in the bank account, but it tends to be a bit more existential. This tends to come from someone who has some complicated or unresolved psychological complexity about death, about the limited nature of our time here in this embodiment on the planet. And that drives some anxiety. There's a sense of urgency. I have to move faster. I have to use all my time. People overwork almost as a distorted attempt to optimize. They think they are living their best life, but really they are driving themselves so hard. They're missing the ability to really absorb and be present to the moments that they have. A third driver of overworking is the good old-fashioned psychological capacity for avoidance. 
And this is happening when someone is maybe unsettled or really significantly unhappy in one part of their life. Maybe their primary relationship or their relationship with their children is a source of a lot of pain and anguish. And so overworking becomes a way to focus attention on this one thing, on their work life, and not necessarily focus attention on this part of them that feels like an unsolvable problem or is a painful part of life. Work is kind of a great strategy for avoidance because it's reinforced by the world around us. Our external success can mask our pain or our sadness or our addiction. So if we have a a secret addiction or having a secret affair, if there's something really unwell in some part of us, overworking, just throwing lots of energy into the functioning of our business is a nice way to just not think about that hard thing. You can really feel this pattern happening in your body when you do have the opportunity to stop, when you go on vacation, or when you have moments of stillness and silence, and this painful thing is sneaking in and taking up your time and awareness, and you have the desire to to fidget, to move, to distract. So avoidance happens in lots of ways, and I think one way to tackle this type of overworking is to be in some kind of deeper work, some kind of reflective practice, journal, meditation, be in therapy. Help yourself to feel comfortable that you kind of are comfortable with the full spectrum of your life. You want to intentionally choose how you work. You want to decide how hard you press on the gas pedal and when you press on the brake. You don't want these other darker, unconscious psychological drives doing that deciding for you. You want to use your prefrontal cortex. You want to use the intentional part of your brain. So if avoidance is at play, you want to pay attention to it and then seek to integrate or heal that part of you that's driving it so that you can be more fully present in your life and in your work. The last psychological driver of overworking that I wanted to talk about is a bit of a distorted understanding of happiness. Many of us, if we've grown up in the U.S. or other Western cultures, have really been indoctrinated into a way of seeing the world that our value comes from what we accumulate or contribute. Our value comes from our work, from how hard we hustle, from how much money we make, from the successful ladders that we climb. And when we have that worldview, we tie our happiness and our meaning to the outcomes of our effort. There is some sociological research to suggest that this is actually a backwards way of achieving human happiness, that cultures that have more spaciousness and have more time and attention towards interpersonal relationships, uh, towards art, towards things that are not necessarily super outcome-oriented, tend to have higher levels of mental health. So we have this view of ourselves as being valued because of our capacity to push ourselves really hard. And the reality is that that is often not what makes a meaningful or happy life. So some of this is just sort of sociological programming. It's a way of thinking that has been implanted in us from very early on in our educational lives, where those who were successful in these traditional ways received the most accolades and were honored and maybe even loved best. 
So as little children, we've been indoctrinated into a way of being that says, if you are the best, if you work really hard, you will be loved. And this, of course, is the long road to happiness because it's in being loved that our happiness and contentment and meaning often come. And it's in the reciprocal ability to love others well. So when we snare in or entangle our achievement orientation with our sense of purpose, we braid a couple of things together that don't have to be so fused. Of course, our work matters. It's how we spend a lot of our lives. It's our creative outlet. It's what gives us some amount of meaning. But the number of hours we work in a day is not the thing that makes us valuable as a human. One of the ways that we can assess whether this dynamic is at play inside of us is, you know, when someone asks you how you are, do you say, oh, I'm crazy busy or I'm just busy? And if you say something like that, how does it feel? Do you get a little bit of like glee? I'm really busy. I got a lot going on. I'm really important. I'm really meaningful. Or is your relationship with that response a little different? Like, I'm really busy and it's like, oh, too much. I don't want, I don't want that. I don't want that. So if you get a little bit of a dopamine hit, a little like, hey, 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 when you say, I'm really busy, that's something to watch out for. That may be a sign that you have woven together your sense of busyness, not even the outcome of your business, but just the existence of your busyness with your sense of value as a human. I am a big fan of living a full life. If you know me or my work at all, you know I push it pretty hard. I'm a circus artist. I run a business. I'm working on a book. I have a wonderful set of relationships with my children and my husband and my friends. My life is really full. It's like a get up at 5.30 and hit the ground running kind of life. So I understand and I don't want to pathologize people who are just like, let's get after it. Let's see how fast this life can roll. But I do want to be really nuanced in drawing awareness to what happens when we just drive ourselves, when we overwork and when we become this sort of uncompassionate, unhelpful, unloving slave driver of our own psyche where we push, push and push and fill a life in a way that really is more representative of madness than of joy. So if any of this resonates with you, if you think that you may be someone who is vulnerable to overworking, or you heard yourself in inferiority, scarcity, avoidance, or a distorted view of happiness, don't worry, you're not alone. (laughs) You're in good company in the entrepreneurial community. And this can be a time to just rein it in, um, to begin to look at some of those drivers and their specific uh, incarnation in your life and pay attention to some of the strategies that um, you may know or some that I mentioned that may be helpful in healing that part of you that has that sort of unsatiated need so that you can be more intentional and grounded and clear in your choices about how you work, how much you work, and how hard you push yourself. 
Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you. If my team or I can be helpful to you in your exploration of overworking, uh, please reach out. You can find us at zenfounder.com. I also have a newsletter that uh, goes out every couple weeks and has some of these tips and tricks and tactics to help make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health boot camp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.